Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's 2 p.m. in Memphis. Giannato and Jeffrey time. Get off the fence. Live on Memphis's sports station. 92.9 FM ESPN. Welcome, welcome to the Giannotto and Jeffrey Show. We're coming to you live from Memphis, Tennessee. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter at jwright929ESPN. Dennis Fuller's producing the program for us. We're glad that he is with us. Sitting across from me is the Commercial Appeals lead sports columnist, the lead sports columnist of the number one sports section in the state of Tennessee. Top three sports columnists in the state of Tennessee, barely. Tied for eighth best sports columnist in the United States of America. He is on Twitter at MGNato. Mark, good day, sir. You know what I thought was the strangest story of the weekend in sports? The strangest story. It happened last night or yesterday afternoon. I think it was yesterday afternoon. The unveiling of Lionel Messi. Oh, the 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 rain delay? Yeah, well, it was rain delayed and then but just having an unveil like Usually you just – I'd never heard bring the new free agent signing out to midfield to wave to the crowd. Had you ever heard it – like referring to it as an unveiling made it seem like we were debuting like the Lionel Messi statue, if you will, That's it, or, a, or a painting. Is the this, unveiling of – like I'd never heard it phrased like that, and I, part of me likes it. I like refer, you know, like from well, like now when they, on. When they introduced LeBron in South Beach, they did it in the arena. Remember the yeah, had no, the, and like did the, they? But did they call that? You know, like it was the decision. Did they call it the unveiling? I don't think they called. I'm it talking that. About, usually it's like introduction. I'm talking about when LeBron was in his uniform and goes, not one, not yeah, two, yeah, yeah. not three. I, I know. Yeah, no, I think you're right. It is, but they didn't refer to it as an unveiling. And so I it was think, like the introduction. I, I I didn't know. I I was wondering. Because, Mark, have you ever seen the documentary Ted Lasso? When they get Zarva, they had the introduction at the field, mm-hmm. at the stadium. Well, it's, it's got me, you know, the reason I called it strange is because it's flipped upside down. Like, usually when I go to events like that, I say, like, I usually use the word, like, introduction or introduced in my stories. I think I'm going to switch over. to Like, unveiled and unveiling sounds better. 
Sounds cooler. Even though it was just, literally, I was like, ooh, the unveiling of Lionel Messi. I wonder what that is. Yeah. And I, then I went and I go, oh, it's just him walking out to midfield and, like, waving to the crowd because he's going to debut next week. I'm going to push back a little bit here because words have to mean something. And whether or not it's right or wrong, when I hear unveiling, I I hear the removing of a veil. There mm. was no curtain. Yeah. When you do when you do an unveiling like yeah. with the statue, what you're talking about, it's behind. I wonder what's behind that. Ooh, let's wait and see him drop the curtain and see what it is. Well, this I, is still an introduction. If you read about how this all went down, this Miami owner, I believe his name is Jorge Moss. He's like a Cuban American, or maybe just Cuban, but a Cuban who exiled to America and has has obviously done very well for himself. And he's he clearly yeah he he, he bought this team. Um, with David Beckham, um, and it is fascinating. One, he's allowed, like, kind of the de- – like, they didn't announce a debut date officially until, like, a couple weeks ago or, like, a week ago because they were still coming to terms on the contract officially so they could hide behind that. So, like, literally the last, like, seven Miami home games, the price is, like, skyrocketed on to get in the door. Uh, like, they've, they, they're they doing unbelievable uh, ticket sales. As – Dave Hyde, of former of the Sun Sentinel in Fort Lauderdale or uh, down in South Florida, as he's pointed out, though, they keep calling it Miami. Mm-hmm. Stadium's in Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, but he's building one, a billion right. dollar That's, stadium in Miami. But that was the other question that I have. They keep calling this thing like it's a temporary stadium. So did someone just light like a hundred million dollars on fire just to build like a temp this, stadium? This Jorge Moss guy sounds like he is loaded and ready to spend money on soccer down in South Florida. But so you had that. And then, just in general, like, you read the stories about this. Like, did you know this owner was in the box, Lino Messi's box, during the World Cup final, and no one knew about it? Like, no one noticed. So the stadium, the temp stadium was $60 million. Nice. Um, by the way, I wonder if we look into this guy's background, if there's a couple of deals that wouldn't pass the smell test. Hey, no moss, no moss, no moss, please. Uh, but I just found that to be the unveiling. I, from now on, like, you know, like when Marcus Smart spoke to he the media. Cuban-American. Cuban-American. When Marcus Smart spoke to, um, spoke in Vegas, like everyone just called it his introduction. Wouldn't you say that was the unveiling of Marcus Smart with the Grizzlies, right? Yeah, that was two. I, I think if you have one side of the coin, it's the casual nature of the Marcus Smart intro. And on the other was last night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wish there's not really an event in Memphis where, like, if a big Grizzly signing, I know there's like, you know, like Ja, for instance, when they drafted him, and usually when they draft someone, they go and throw the first pitch at the Redbirds game. You know, the neck whenever they do the press conference, smash guitar. Are we yeah. still doing that? I think they still do it. But, guitar smash. But no, but usually it's the first pitch at the Redbirds game is usually what happens. Like Ja, remember Ja threw the first pitch yeah, out Jared at the Redbirds game. Yeah, did the same game. thing. Yeah. I, think, I, I I will say this. I think one thing that the pandemic killed was I thought the guitar smash going out to throw the first pitch was kind of a cool little thing. I think they still do it. Yeah, it's but just I, no it, one notable has done it lately. It, well, it lost momentum. Yeah, well, you know, a lot of things lost momentum mm-hmm. during the pandemic. But uh, just a, a quirky sports weekend. Sanity, reason. And surprisingly, Jeffrey, despite it, what I would call a quirky sports weekend where we had you know, celebrity go- the like the leading things: celebrity golf, three on three basketball, the finish of NBA Summer League. Um, well, there was some real golf played as well. Yes, the Scottish Open, but the two the two big golf and tennis events happening across the Atlantic Ocean. Well, and uh, then the Scottish Open. It also because they had 
epic wins, which it's just, it's a damn shame they did not make those pampered, spoiled brats of the PGA Tour mm-hmm. play in those conditions. Mm-hmm. Like, basically, like... Because the Scottish Open is a DP Tour event, right? It's, well, Mark, now it's, it's, a, it's part of the... Uh, it's part of the... Uh, it's a designated it's the event? alliance. They, uh, strategic alliance. Okay. It's a both. Oh, it's both. Okay, yes. I see. It's, it's a There's not like a normal... Is there like an American PGA event with nobody's playing in yes, it? Yes, that was the Barbasol. Uh, last yeah, night. It's yes. always... The Barbasol's yes. always... It's like Correct. it's a perfect match of tournament Correct. and sponsor. It's like yes. ah, the cheap shaving cream yes. sponsors the cheap tournament. Yes, somewhere in Kentucky, <laughs> like not quite Lexington, but yes, yeah, somewhere somewhere in Kentucky. Although Barbasol longevity, cheap but long, you know. Oh, it's, it's made it, it's the original, right? No Isn't question. it? I think still got brand recognition. <laughs> still has brand recognition. Um, they didn't go woke, but uh, so a lot to actually overreact to. Uh, so we'll get to that here in a second. 240 or so, Jason Munz will join us. We'll get his reaction to the Javon Quinterly commitment uh, and talk to him more about what how the roster's shaping up uh, over there for Memphis basketball. Interesting uh, date, new data point, Jeffrey. EvanMaya.com, you know, that statistical website that back during the days when everyone was, you know, kind of, uh, poo-pooing this roster that Penny Hardaway was putting together. And remember, I, I said, EvanMaya.com, according to them, like, yeah, the transfer class isn't the greatest transfer class, but I think it's a little better than it's getting credit for. Well, now they've come out with updated rankings, Jeffrey, of the transfer classes. Surprise, Memphis ranks pretty highly. So we'll, dis- we'll discuss it with Munns later this hour. Three o'clock or so, we'll get into the list. Mention the Scottish Open. We had a Felt like a changing of the guard, potentially, Wimbledon final. Yeah. Um, that was a, a lot of fun to watch yesterday morning. Um, also, uh, uh, some more developments in the Northwestern case. And, and oh, by the way, SEC Media Days have started in Nashville. We'll get you the Jim latest. Jimbo's talking right now. <laughs> Jimbo? Mm. Um, yeah, I believe Brian Kelly has spoken. Greg Sankey has spoken. So we'll get you the latest from SEC Media Days in the list. And then it's also... Franchise tag day in the NFL. We'll uh, we'll discuss the latest in well, the NFL. Well, we've already had franchise tag day. It's well, franchise like a, tag deadline day. Deadline to like sign a long term deal. Yeah, deadline to sign a long term deal, or in the case of your Giants, Correct. sign a franchise tag at all. Uh, in the case of Saquon Barkley, so we'll. I believe the deadline is in fifty minutes or so. Uh, so when it when it passes, we will get you the latest in the NFL. But let's start, Jeffrey, with some overreactions. Let's start local. Let's start with the Grizzlies. Well, we got to start with one overreaction that's even okay. more local in oh. this studio. What's that? Um, Mark, life comes at you fast Okay, for everyone. Um, I think on my 34-plus years on this planet, I had the most pathetic uh, weekend you could possibly have. And so my overreaction wow. is I'm even more washed than I thought. Okay. Everyone remembers the first time that they wake up when they wake up with an injury and you realize – Oh my God, I hurt myself sleeping. Mm-hmm. Like you pull an mm-hmm. oblique sleeping. Yep. And that's a tough I, scene. I passed that threshold. Correct. A couple years ago. It's a tough scene where you sit there and go, I've got to go for a jog. And then it happens again and you just kind of get used to it. It's like, all right, this is just the cost of doing business. Well, this weekend, Mark, I woke up with a hip flexor injury mm-hmm. that I couldn't define. And I think what happened is yesterday, because I couldn't use my lower half, Mark. Used a lot of upper body strength mm-hmm. on the in the, out on the golf course, mm-hmm. and I, I use strength in parentheses. 
Mark, I woke up this morning and I felt like I the the last time I felt like this was when you played a football game and you got hit like fifteen times mm. and wow. just everything hurts. That's what you're comparing and, your Sunday night golf or Sunday Sunday afternoon uh, foursome. Even to? even in my days? even in my prime, I was never a big guy, so defenders really really looked forward to seeing how far like how hard they could hit me, mm-hmm. and so you would just wake up the next day with like that soreness and everything. Rudy-esque, if you will. Yeah, it was. Ugh. It's a tough scene. Although I don't know if I, I don't know if your story is as heartwarming because, as Rudy's. Because by the way, um, I'm not sure. Like to be clear, this was 18 holes with a cart. Like it wasn't like I was walking. <sighs> now I did. I did also after playing 18 on Saturday. I did mow the lawn. Okay. So could okay. factor in whatnot, but riding mower. A push, whatever. Oh, push. It's the okay. self-propelled push mower, or whatever. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm you're walking. That. You were walking. I'm walking behind it. Yeah, you were yeah. walking. Walking behind it. You're on your feet. Correct. Um, this is this is a tough scene, dude. This is, and then when you've also got a pregnant wife and you're complaining about your yeah, body no, you hurting, can't, you're like, can't, can't uh, do it. Can't do it. Um, well, here's what I've got. Something. To Take your mind off the soreness. We have a potential NBA Summer League snub. All, this is breaking news. Jeffrey. Oh, God. Already? Yes. We've got the all-Summer League can teams we, out. Okay. Can we also agree? What happened? I was under the impression Friday was the last game. No, I stayed up. Yeah. I no, watched I know. it. You're right. And then Saturday, I'm, my wife My wife had her friends in town. She had her baby shower this weekend. So she had friends in town. I'm, I'm, so I have the TVs to myself. Obviously, to get ready for Mission Impossible tomorrow, I went through the whole series this weekend. <laughs> I had Tom, I owe it to Tom for that. And on the side TV, I had NBA TV, and it's like coming up next: Grizzlies and Suns. Mm. And I'm going. They, so what they did is they basically created a bunch of games on the fly, not on the fly. Like I think they do this every year. We just overlooked it in conjunction. So if you didn't make the the, the playoffs, the, they the, just give you one more random game, okay. essentially. Is this on me for not knowing this? Because I think I think it's on I think it's more on the coverage of the event in totality. Some we should have been more aware. Okay. I think it's it's on us in that I I don't think they just did this out of the blue. I think there wasn't enough awareness and it's it's everyone's fault. The NBA didn't doesn't promote it this way. They don't go like and on Saturday we have the semifinals and a bunch of randomly thrown right. together games. They just say the semifinals. And we have games that we are contracted to throw up on TV. <laughs> yeah. Well, and these teams are paying to be here so we might as well give them another. We rented the gym for we have the gym for the whole weekend. Might as well play as many games as we can. Okay, so, so that took so me that. by that took me by surprise. And then now, ahead of tonight's championship game between the, I believe it's the Cleveland it's the Cavaliers Cavs. and the Houston Rockets, I believe are in the all are in the summer league championship game. Got our all summer league teams. There's a first and second team, and Jeffrey, because there was a tie, six people on the second team. Okay, and I can give you just the lead here in Memphis. No Grizzlies. On first or second and team all if, summer league. And if you watched anything, that's not surprising. Yes. I'm not going to go through. And Cam Whitmore is the so MVP what's the, of what's, summer league. What's the controversy? Oh, some people think Lofton should have made one of the two teams. Okay. Um, but I'm just joking about that. Um, no, the real thing that I find interesting, and this goes into my overreaction from summer league. And this comes from someone who I would say, like me personally, I watched bits and pieces of some of the games and only like one all the way through. 
That was how that would be how I would phrase my viewership. I it. would say I watched it like I like I would watch the Cardinals. I watched every game very casually without sound. Um but and and obviously I I made this strategic decision. I was like I'm going to read and watch highlights of this All by right. and large. This is a more of a prediction than overreaction, but I'm going to guess it's an, viewed as an overreaction by some who did watch all of Summer League okay. and therefore probably have more expertise on this subject than me in the moment. Nobody who played for the Grizzlies in Summer League is going to be a significant rotation player when the Grizzlies go into the playoffs next year. That's my that's my okay, overreaction. So, so playoffs. Okay, that's playoffs. your— I think, I think some of those—they're going to need some of those guys during the season— but I think when push comes to shove, what I what I've gathered from what the one spot they really need is a backup wing. Because I think it's I would be stunned if when the Grizzlies get to the playoffs and push comes to shove, like they're gonna start Ja, Smart, and Dez. That's I'm gonna, with you. I think it's gonna be a three guard lineup. That's whatever. gonna be the starting lineup. And and when you look at you look through what they've got otherwise, obviously Jaron and Steven Adams will be your other two starters. Canard will be your first perimeter player off the bench. And then it feels like Clark or Tillman, maybe both, depending on Clark's health. Yeah. Uh, would and be Santi. Santi. Oh, Santi's in that, I think, in that group. And doesn't it feel like what you're missing is one backup wing? And so, like, your thought is okay, so out of the, the, that bunch, Zaire, LaRavia, Roddy, Vince Williams, one of those guys would slot into that backup wing, correct? Yeah, I guess the one th- there's two things I'd push back. That on. would be the that would be the thought. And so like that that person could be part of the rotation. And what my overreaction is and what I want to hear your thoughts on is when push comes to shove when they get to the trade deadline, I think they're going to go we want something a little more. Oh, so your cha- your overreaction is not that n- no one playing summer league is going to be a part of the playoff rotation. Well, I think they need a backup wing. I think it's but not going to be one of those guys. But your re- overreaction is they're going to go get someone. They're going to have to if they want a backup wing or turn Santi into a wing. Because I don't think any of the guys, Zaire, LaRavia, Roddy, I think you're going to want to go into the playoffs with something better than that. Okay, that's so, my That's my overreaction. So I have two, I don't even know if I'd say like points of contention, but like mm-hmm. two things that let's talk it out. Okay. I think it's safe to say, from what we view, the traditional wings. So, obviously, with Zaire being injured, we didn't see much of him um, other than just, like, watching him. LaRavia, Roddy, Vince, although I kind of – don't you put Vince in a different category? Eh, he's going to get a shot. It seems like he he did himself some – So he's the one guy who feels like he really elevated his stock. Like, it feels like Lofton played – Pretty well okay, at times, so, but his stock feels the same as it was. So the question maybe LaRavia improved it slightly, but it feels like if you're going who improved their stock the most, like Vince Williams went from a guy no one even like thought about to now a guy who's getting mentioned in the mix. Okay. Now it might be the periphery of the mix. So the the first the first little, I guess, caveat. I guess this is this one's a little bit of pushback. In fairness to those guys, they mm-hmm. are going to have I would agree with your premise. If you're saying, am I betting on one of these guys to be a part of the wing rotation in mm-hmm. the playoffs? Mm-hmm. I'm with you. I think I'd bet no. Mm-hmm. With that said, like, if you would have asked me before summer, you know, after summer league, even with Santi having a good summer league, I still would have been skeptical about mm-hmm. Santi's chances this year. 
And so we saw him yeah, no, throughout the year. I now, do think he looked a little better than any of these guys did in summer I, league. I last think there's year. no question. I think he I don't think anyone looked as good this year as Santi did last year in mm-hmm. summer league. I think that's that's fair to say. I think though, like with LaRavia, he had like the inconsistent year injury, then he gets, you know, he got sick. Like he had other factors. With Zaire, I just think like you can chalk last year up to a lost year. Like I don't I, I would if I was out of that group. I would still give him the best chance to emerge as that backup wing. I think so, too, just because in the end, there's a reason why he was drafted 10th. Like, highest ceiling. And and let's just be honest. He did, I would say, an adequate job at it a year ago in the playoffs. Like, against, you know, in those two playoff series, like, he was not, well, he wasn't great. He was not like a... Uh, he was not like he, he wasn't dead weight. He wasn't dead weight. Like he, he did, did they, some things in the playoffs, especially when Ja was healthy. I thought they gave him kind of a a special like the the, the, the he was he they gave him like a specialist type gimmick role where it was like a lot of rim running and whatnot. But like they it was asked corner him, threes and rim running, right? And they asked him to do things that I think he and was, and a defensively when Dylan wasn't playing in games for like five or ten minutes. He would like defend Clay or defend Steph Curry. Remember, they'd give sure. him. He'd like take. Up, he'd soak up some of those minutes. Sure. In the and did again. I would say like not a great job, but an adequate job. Okay. Here's the two other things though that I think are most interesting. We can agree during the season Taylor Jenkins is probably playing ten guys. That that's been the case. That's what he's done in the past. If you compare, we haven't mentioned Conchar either in this talk. If you compare, he's probably in this. Yeah, he's he's probably. But again, I don't think you want John Conchar in your playoff rotation ultimately. But I mean, he's also like that's the other thing we're talking about. Like Conchar doesn't fit the quote unquote three. You know, like the longer. Like you're looking for someone with more size. Are we sure that Taylor Jenkins? Like every single year, he's basically cut down the number of guys he plays in the playoffs. You know, we went from. The first year, I'm not talking the play-in game in the bubble. I'm not talking about that. But the first year where the Grizzlies knocked out the Spurs and the Warriors and then played the Jazz, mm-hmm. you know, it went from 10 to kind of like it, they closed when the games was like 8. Mm-hmm. Last year it felt like it started with 9, and it, then by the like second halves of games it's like we're playing, like if someone needs a breather, we'll do it. But like it felt like they cut it down to basically 8. I'm not so sure that we don't see – like, I know everyone puts him in the Budenholzer tree for obvious reasons. I have sensed more flexibility from Taylor Jenkins to cut down a rotation during the playoffs than I have mm-hmm. Budenholzer. Yeah. And so my question is, are you really going to go make a deal at the deadline for something that you're probably thinking like, all right, we're probably just cutting it down anyway? Well, it just depends. Like, if you can go get someone like like last year, they got Kennard for basically nothing. You know, just the them being willing to take on his salary – they gave up three second-round picks that they clearly don't care about. Like, if they could do a deal like that, I mean, I know they're – and I guess they definitely gave up Danny Green, too. But, like – Yeah, but that was – You know, but, like, if like just thinking along these lines, like, it just depends where you're at. Like, if, if one of these guys has clearly shown they're not capable of being, you know, of, like, LaRavia or Roddy or whatever, you know, maybe you make a deadline deal where you throw them in. Whatever guy you have the least confidence in. By by the trade deadlines, I hear Jake, you know, uh, or Roddy. You throw them into a deal and go get someone, you know, like someone who a t- you know a team doesn't isn't using who just could be more useful to you as a ninth man. Sure, 
You know, no, like no, the, I mean, the perfect example, the, like Canard. the Canard template. Canard's out of the use rotation the Canard, for Canard, the Clippers, and yeah, use the Canard template at the deadline next year. Okay, I'm with you on that. I guess the other question though that I have is, are we maybe? I think there's. So, I think there's. This something, could be an overreaction. It no, is overreaction no, no, Monday. But that's fine. But I guess this is the problem. Are we maybe underreacting to Kenny Lofton? Because. And just you, you find a way to make it work. Right. Because he clearly is gifted on the offensive end. And I understand there's not like perfect fit, perfect mold. I think he, he has earned himself a, ch- a chance to me to get regular minutes this season to begin with. Like, see how it works with him getting regular minutes. Because I can understand the hesitation in the sense that. How he plays for the Grizzlies and the hustle when he plays is not how he's going to play when he's on the floor with Jaron Jackson Jr. and Desmond Bain. And, you know, like you're, you are going to not be the, the, the one or two offensive option on the floor in those situations necessarily. And how, how will he do in that? And then how will he do, how will he hold up defensively, you know, against real NBA players? I can understand the hesitation. At the same time, he has performed so well against, you know, not real NBA players at this point. That I would like to see, like, you know, whether it's five, ten games, like what it's like with him getting regular rotational minutes, because there does seem to be a potential for him to give you a real offensive spark because of how gifted he is offensively. That's what it seems yeah. like to me, and how unorthodox he is offensively, honestly. But no, I mean, I, I do think the overall, like, I think that's why. This season is so important, regular season wise, to like. Like I think, I think you've got to see if any of these guys can develop because I I tend to agree from what we've seen thus far. Yeah, no, like it feels like I understand why they want Laravia to succeed so much because it feels like theoretically he's the prototype of what they want for that spot. Well, I, th- I would actually given say the personnel they have, I would say Zaire. Yeah, but Zaire can't shoot three-pointers. Right, but theoretically. Yeah, you're right. Theor- Zaire does have good form. Yeah, you're right. Because Theor- theoretically, Zaire presumably can do, you know, do more defensively on the perimeter than Laravia yes. can. Um, yeah, you're probably right. Those two, though, seem but to I be... But I agree that those two, in terms of a fit, Yeah. if you could... If you could I think if you were saying you can sprinkle dust but, on somebody and make but like if turn. you ask me who's going to last longer in the NBA Kenny Lofton or Jake LaRavia I think I'd say Kenny Lofton I don't know if either of them will ever be like you know good role players in the NBA which is kind of what you're hoping for out of one of them but I think I might if I had to bet who's going to have the longer NBA career I think I would bet Lofton I think Lofton's more skilled yeah I I I like, it does feel like to me with Lofton, the biggest issue he faces is he needs to have a team that figures out how to get the most and out em- of him. Well, and yeah, embraces like what right. he, he's he like is. an unorthodox player. Correct. Um, he doesn't fit into like a con- like a conventional role, yes. it feels like. And, um, but there's something there. It's very clear. I mean, it's kind of, it's not, it's, it's a poorer man's version. But there is kind of like the Zion type of his game, like where you look at it, like he is, he can shoot, like look at what he shot from three, like he can shoot, Mm -hmm. he can use his body, like he's a very good passer, like offensively he's highly skilled, but it's just like, well, he looks like a big, 
Yeah. And so it's like, how do you play him? Yeah. It'll be uh by the way, just quickly, um, I saw this scroll scrolling by. Um at SEC Media Days, Jimbo, uh just when he was asked whether or not Bobby Petrino would call plays, quote, I'm not going into that. Bobby was hired for a reason. Tremendous guy, tremendous football mind. Hopefully he'll call the game and have suggestions. That has to be breaking news, right? That's the first time Bobby Petrino's ever been called a tremendous guy. Yeah. Yeah. That's my overreaction. That's the first time I think, other than his mother, that has called someone Bobby Petrino a tremendous guy. Well, it's good that he's saying, so it sounds like Jimbo has differing stories here um, because I believe I saw Brett McMurphy tweet. That was Brett's tweet I read. Oh, okay. Because he also tweeted, he was asked again if he will continue to call plays or if new OC Bobby Petrino will, and Fisher would not answer. Quote, I'm not going to get into what we're, gonna, we're, we're doing from a schematic viewpoint. That's not scheme. That's who's calling oh, the plays. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, I'm not going to get, yeah. So uh, it'll be uh, that whole relationship. I had forgotten about that till today. Uh, <laughs> the Petrino Fisher. Oh, it is. That's the other thing about media days. Is like the most fascinating things are not going to get really, like, I, they're, they're in-season things. Like that relationship is going to be fascinating to watch. Yeah. Um, another interesting relationship, fascinating relationship, yeah. if you will. Uh, Ice Cube's relationship with uh, FedEx Forum, FedEx Forum, Ticketmaster, maybe. maybe. Yeah, that, this is like by far and away. Can you explain to me what is his complaint? So it appears from a street. So I was I was out at that big three event at FedEx Forum, or at least a good chunk of it. It was long um, uh, down at FedEx Forum on Saturday afternoon, and so right at around two fifteen, two thirty, Ice Cube tweeted this. Um, he tweeted that. Let's see here. It was basically like uh, Memphis was great. Thanks for nothing, FedEx Forum. Yes. Um, hold on, there it is. Good stuff. Um, yeah, no, sorry, I lost. Right, he's, he's tweeted a lot. The FedEx Forum and Ticketmaster should be ashamed of themselves on how they've treated the big three in Memphis, posting that our games were basically sold out when it was plenty of good seats left. Dirty. Then, after the event was over, he tweeted, um, thanks, Memphis. Uh, thank you, Memphis. We had a great time. FedEx Forum, thanks for nothing. And um, so that's his, his complaint is essentially that, like, FedEx, the Ticketmaster site, I guess, was advertising or something. There was some sort of promotion or advertisement that tickets were sold out, and as very clear, they were not. They were not. Now I'll say we did it on air. Remember, I looked at the Ticketmaster site on air. Either th- I think it was Thursday, maybe it was Friday even, and it was very clear from the Ticketmaster site I looked at that there were plenty of seats available for 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 the big three. So yeah, so I couldn't figure out. Was he? Is there maybe like if they don't sell on Saturday, the prices are supposed to go down? Like I, I didn't. I couldn't quite understand what the complaint was. I guess the bigger deal that I saw, and you were there, Mark, the bigger, the biggest thing that I, I see with the big three is, like, it is just has to go to places that just have massive markets. Like, it's going to be like a New York I, and L.A. thing. Yeah, well, to, get, just, to get the amount of people, if that's what he's concerned. My thing is, if, if well, Ice I think Cube is were, trying to make it, like, a in-person event. Yeah, and I think a lot, I, my gut tells me there are a decent amount of comp tickets with the people who are in the crowd. Like, you know, um, so, but it was like, okay, it was an okay crowd. It wasn't, it was like a bad, it was like one of those tubby Memphis basketball game crowds. 
Yeah, you I know, just, I like just two or three thousand people. I guess I just look it at was it like fine. if it's going to be successful, it kind of has to have the the USFL model, which is they'll they'd love to have full full houses. Yeah, but they've created a business model where they're not dependent on it being a full house, or at least at yeah. this point they still it, aren't. It was interesting in that, like you know, I wanted I wanted to like the big three. When I went out there, and I know it's it's like it's sixth season, I guess so it's been around a while, but I wanted to like it when I went out there, and I admire how like invested Ice Cube seems to be in the business, like both financially and just like like if you were there at that event and you wanted a selfie with Ice Cube, you could get a selfie with Ice Cube. No, like, I mean, he posed for so many, and not only that, photos. he's like he has done all kinds of interviews, like yes, talked to like every local outlet basically that wanted to talk to him. They, he, it is clearly a passion project. Yes, like I view it. It's the same like and like when the Billy who, when Billy Corgan like bought the was it T, no he didn't buy TNA did he buy TNA, TNA yeah when he the bought TNA like company like clearly like Pro he's wrestling. invested in it but like at the same time it's one thing to be invested in it no and like you know like Lisa Leslie was coaching one of the teams and Clyde Drexler was coaching one of the teams and you know obviously Tony Allen was out there um, and I'm trying to think who else like Nancy Lieberman and. Uh, Dr. J and like it's just so, like a lot of like you know yeah like old guys and you well, know no, it, women it past struck the, me as it's, past their playing careers but struck me as a lot of guys that you know when you're Ice Cube a lot of people you want to hang out with like I imagine a lot of those people were his heroes and a lot of yeah. those people were like people he admired but, like, like those guys aren't those guys and gals aren't coming to Memphis for free <laughs> you know like there's a lot of money involved in this probably 100%. Um, and, well and there's a lot of people that sit there and go like. Not only not doing it for free, like I presume to get them to be there, it's a steep check. Like yeah. a, a, it's you more fly than fly them in from LA, right. wherever. But I'll say this as, as someone who watched it and was there, like my gut reaction was like the games are a little too long. It's like it's like park basketball, which can be fun to watch, but if you ever go play basketball at a park, one of the frustrating things is you run into those games where like it just takes forever. No one's hitting a shot or, you know, they're arguing over calls. And in this case, there's, like, timeouts and replays. And it's, like, it should be, like, whatever it was, there were two halves of three-on-three basketball, and it was, like, first one to 50. And it, like, just felt like it should be half that. You know, each game should have been half that because they kind of they all kind of dragged on a little bit. Yeah, it also feels a lot like something that is made for TV so that if you decide you want to flip the channel and then come back, you can but, yeah. like, when you're there all day, it just feels like it's a very long day. Yeah. But there were, like, a lot of – I don't know. It's like, have you ever been – it's like when, you know, my brothers played high-level baseball. If you love basketball, you would have been fine Right, but there. to me, like – Yeah, you have to really love basketball. But it's like going like, It's like going to an uh, EYBL tournament where it's like, all right, if you're there scouting, it's one thing. But it's like if you're just there to sit there and watch games all day. If you're there to sit there and watch games, you're, you're probably going to end up watching 12 games. Only one of them is going to be, like, Correct. great. You know, or, like, fun to watch. And so – it was like I said. It was fine. I, like I said, I, I admired how invested Ice Cube was into the endeavor. Penny Hardaway was there. DeAndre Williams was there. NLE Choppa. Uh, I think his name is Big Boogie. Uh, the you, rapper you were there. Memphis I, rapper. I think you also he remember. performed. Ice Cube performed. I wanted to check in on it, but yeah, I, Big Boogie. I wanted to check in on it, but I have Direct TV and mm. and WREG's parent company is in a carriage dispute, and, so. And then it was cool that, you know, like Tony was only there for like a game. You know, he was there just for last week and this week, it sounds like. It was like, seemed like it was a contract mm-hmm. signed to kind of help juice some ticket sales here in Memphis. But it was nice that he had that moment one where he was 
introduced. He cl- he got the biggest introduction, like of you know reception sure. of anyone, including like the Hall of Famers. And then um, he had that moment in the game. Like he didn't play, you know. Like he clearly, uh, I guess I'll politely say he's rusty. You know, it seemed like. Um, it and, looked uh, like uh, looked like he was in uh, uh, he Gino and Jeffrey form. Yeah, you know, like I'm sure, like you know, if he plays, like, becomes a regular on this, he'll train. You know, he'll train for it and stuff like that. But he still, he had this moment where I guess you know you can in if a foul, if you don't like a foul call, you can challenge. You it can and- challenge it with a one 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 per half. You get a challenge where the challenge is like you go one on one. And it was Larry Sanders versus Tony Allen, six foot eleven Larry Sanders versus six foot I think what seven six foot six Tony Allen something like that. And I thought he was six four, but maybe even shorter. You're right. Um, and he just and he stuffed him on the one on one challenge, and then ran around with his number one finger held up, shouting first team all. Yeah, defense. six four is he. Um, it was just you know it was like classic Tony Allen's. Well, it was like a scenario made for Tony Allen. Sure. Right, like stop someone one on one, backing you down in the post, mano y mano, and it was just it was nice to have that moment in his return because obviously it's been a tough couple years for him, um, his own doing. Let's be real. Um, when he, you know he was he pled guilty to what defrauding the NBA's yes. health insurance plan or something like that. Um, Paid it back, but yeah. But I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. Yesterday was kind, or excuse me, Saturday was, you know, yes. Ice Cube may be upset with FedEx Forum, but I'm hoping it at least accomplished like the first kind of step to Tony Allen being oh, I, I back think, around, so to speak. I, I think that's probably where this set it. All right, let's take a quick break because Penny Hardaway was there. Let's just talk about Penny Hardaway. Let's talk about recruiting and more with Jason Munz. We come back right here on Giannotto and Jeffrey, 92.9 FM, ESPN. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Giannato and Jeffrey broadcast live from the Red River Toyota Studios. Check out Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas. This hour of G&J is brought to you by the Next Generation 10G Network, only from Xfinity. The Giannato and Jeffrey Show on 92.9 FM ESPN. Jason Munz is the Tiger basketball beat writer for the Commercial Appeal. He joins us each and every Monday on the program. Go follow him on Twitter, at Munzley. Munz, what are we listening to? Jeffrey, this song is called What You Want It To Be, and it's by uh, it's by a fine band called Sugar, and it's off their second album called File Under Easy Listening. The the opening riff sounded like the Wolf Hours cover of Heroes that played in that horrible Godzilla movie that I made my dad go to. I don't know. It was with Matthew Broderick. I feel like it was like around like 1999, something like that. That's yeah, what no, the yeah I remember. I remember that. But this is this is from like 92 or three. Uh, it's uh, it's Bob Mould who's the former frontman for Husker Du, and he. Uh, I was, okay. Little... I was about to say this has the Husker Du CD got. If you bought the Atari's uh, uh, So Long Astoria album, uh, there was like Husker Du was like a sneak. They like added in that as well. It's like that that sounds like some Husker Du as well. Yeah, yeah. That when when that band went the way of uh, went the way of went, went bye bye. He he started uh, this band here with David Barbie on bass, who is the longtime producer for the Drive By Truckers, but. Before that, he was in this band called Sugar uh, with uh, with Bob Mould. They only put out two albums, and then they, you know, went their separate ways. But they're great. Did y'all see the on Twitter going around on Friday? I think Topmeyer tweeted it, but then it kind of picked up steam again today. The SEC coaches with long hair. Yes. Go look at the picture of go look at the picture of Sark. Sark looks like the front man for a lot of these bands. Okay. Okay. Well, it's out. it's an interesting parallel because you know if, if Memphis basketball were a band, it'd be it, you know the, these guys all came from different it's bands. A super group, yeah. You know, this is a super group that Penny Hardaway has put together um, since you last joined us uh, last Monday, Munz. Penny got yeah. it appears his point guard in Javon Quinterly, um, as many anticipated he would when Quinterly went into the transfer portal from Alabama. I guess first off, let's start with your thoughts on Penny Hardaway's latest pickup, uh, and then you know how you see this shaken out from here. Now, is he done? Uh, how does Quinterly fit, et cetera? What do you What do you think of the move? Well, I think he fits fantastically. Um, you know, if you take it just on the surface, Javon Quinterly is no Kendrick Davis. Okay, Kendrick Davis was just a different beast altogether, right? Like he he's much more of a like he, he was a do-it-all guy who could take over games and impose his will on opponents, and he could get to the free throw line almost like you know just whenever he wanted to, and he could uh, he could knock down some threes, and he could distribute, and 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 he was you know uh, uh, turned into a really nice uh, defensive player for you. Uh, he was a leader and all those things, but so so Javon Quinterly at least as we've known him so far, is not that. 
Um, he, he is not that kind of player, but given the way this is shaping up uh, in terms of, you know, the, the pieces that Penny Hardaway is trying to surround Javon Quinterly with, um, I, I think that it has the potential to be, you know, that type of move. Like it's got, it's got the potential to have uh, the same type of impact, you know, wh- whereas like, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, if this team without Javon Quinterly, you know, had a certain ceiling last year's team without Kendrick Davis also had a certain ceiling uh, with Kendrick Davis, obviously, that ceiling was significantly higher. I think with Javon Quinterly, this team's uh, uh, outlook is also significantly higher. So, um, yeah, and I think he complements some of these other pieces really, really well. Um, he's he's a proven uh, he's he's proven to be a, a very fine facilitator. I mean, that's what he he's more of a true point guard point guard, I think, than. Kendrick Davis ever needed to be or, or um, ever got a chance to be in college. And, you know, Kendrick Davis, wherever he was, uh, be it SMU or Memphis, he had to be a, a scoring type guard, even though he was still the point guard, he had to be a, more of a scoring guard. Um, whereas I don't think Javon Quinterly is going to have to be that given, given, even though he can, I mean, I think, I don't know if he's capable of being the type of scorer that Kendrick Davis was, but I do think he can be a scorer if you need him to be, but I don't think they're going to need him to be. Well, interestingly enough, his addition, or yeah, his commitment, I should say, I don't think Memphis has officially announced it yet, it now has bumped up Memphis to number three on Evan Mayakawa's, it's evanmaya.com, uh, his list, uh, his, it's like an analytics site, basically his ranking of transfer classes in the country. Memphis now number three in the country uh, in terms of its, you know, the pro- productivity of the transfers it's brought in. Only Florida and Kansas have better transfer classes uh, than they do. Um, it is interesting, though, Jason, I looked this up. I have a column coming out at commercialpeel.com. Uh Tomorrow, um, Memphis, if it has DeAndre Williams back, will have two of its top ten scores from last season back. And I went and looked it up. If you look at the Sweet 16 teams last year, there were only two who fit that profile that Memphis is going to have. It was Kansas State had two of its top ten, and Arkansas had two of its top ten from the previous year back. Uh, other than that, everyone had at least four of their top ten returning scores from the year before back, the other 14 teams. Even and, like Miami? Yes, Miami had four. Um, and top, uh, ten, top ten, though, feels very arbitrary. Like, Well, it's just, I mean, it's top ten. I mean, it, it, there were, to your point, Jeffrey, it came in different varieties. Like, for instance, Michigan State lost its top four scores but returned, like, the other, the bottom six, if you will, you know, so you could, yeah, they, they suffered significant losses, but also, you know, like Tom Izzo recruited to have us, you know, has a recruiting system in place where, you know, he's still able to reinforce from within. Yeah. Reinforce from within. And I think what the sweet 16 shows you, then there were others of the four who like lost 
you know, yeah, there were some guys moving up the ladder, so to speak, but they imported their top two guys, so to speak, you know what I mean, um, via transfer. So there's there, there are different ways to skin the cat, even in this era um, of transient NIL college basketball. But I bring it up just to say how important to me the DeAndre Williams portion of this is, because if you don't return him, you're only returning one of your top ten scores from last year. And that would literally mean for this group to go to the Sweet 16, however talented it is, you'd have to do something, you know, Penny would have to do something no coach in the country did last year. Or had, you know, like, um, last year, for instance, I believe Memphis had three of its top ten coming back in comparison. Um, so it's not to say it's impossible or even unlikely. Like it, But it feels like to me, even with these eight transfers in and how good it looks right now um, and how gr- like it feels like it's the best roster Penny has put together, it does feel like a lot is riding still on DeAndre Williams' waiver. What do you think? I mean, I, I, I agree with that uh, wholeheartedly. I was talking to somebody yesterday and we were just kind of like um, examining, you know, the importance uh, or, or, you know, what we feel like uh, is the order of importance for um, for this team, like players, you know, players on the roster for this team. And uh, we both agreed that there really, there may have only been, there may only be two players on this roster that you could throw the need label on. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think Jordan Brown right now is, you know, given the circumstances is one of them. He's the only big on the, on the team. Mm-hmm. More or less, you know, only five guys. Yeah. Huh? Only five on the team. Yeah. Right. Only yeah. true five, six, yeah. six, 11, six year guy proven. Uh, you know, he's, he's done, he's done it everywhere. He's been, he's done good things. Freshman of the year, six man of the year, Lou Hinton award, you know, first team, all Sunbelt, all that good stuff. So I think, you know, given the way this off season has played out, you can put the need label on him. The other one, though, is unequivocal, hands down. This team needs DeAndre Williams. If it want, and and I say that only not because you know, I think if they didn't have DeAndre, if if Memphis did not get DeAndre Williams back, I think they would be okay. I think they would be a team that would be in contention for the conference championship and a spot in the NCAA tournament. But to take it to truly take a step forward. I believe this team needs DeAndre Williams uh, probably more so than anybody uh, else on the roster. And so, yeah, that's, that's, I, that's what all that to say. Mm-hmm. I agree with your point about, about how important yeah. it's going to be uh, yeah. for, for DeAndre. Mo- moving forward. I- I'm curious what, you, if you had to put an over, like they have eight new transfers, I believe what, Two freshmen right now, and then the third would be Mikey. Is that correct? Or three freshmen, and the fourth would be Mikey. That's it. Three, three are on campus, and the fourth would be Mikey. So there's 12 newcomers in all with the transfers and with the freshmen. How, not counting walk-ons. Not counting walk-ons. How many of those guys do you think will be in the Dominican Republic with them in two weeks? Oh, like, like... Seven or eight. <laughs> Seven or eight. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, so the math was you know, four so freshmen and then how many transfers? Eight. So twelve total. 
12 total guys. It's so let's let's go through it here. Let's go through it here real real quick. In terms of guys, this is, again, just for August 1st through the 7th, which right. should be a valuable experience because you have so many new pieces. So you think, let's go through the, the questionable ones. Obviously, the guys on campus already, Caleb Mills is already here. Um, uh, Jaden Hardaway is already here. Jonathan Pierre is already here. I guess Jaden's not a newcomer, so hold on. Uh, Caleb Mills is here. Um, Jonathan Pierre is here. Uh, who else is Nick here? Jordan. Nick Jordan is here. Uh, Ashton Hardaway is here. Um, JJ is here, right? Yeah. Yep. Yes, JJ Taylor is here. That's five. Car- Car- Carl, Carl Sharon, Sh- Font. Sharon Font. That's seven. Or excuse me, six. Um, who are we missing? There's somebody I think that we are indeed missing. No, that. So only half the guys are here because the ones who aren't here, Lenard is not here yet. Jordan right. Brown is not here yet, as far as we can tell. I don't think Quinterly has gotten here yet since committing. Mikey Williams obviously is not here yet. Um, David David Jones. David Jones, here. the St. John's transfer, is not here yet. And, and Jalen Young. And Jalen Young from UCF. So only half only half the newcomers are even here right now. Do you think any yeah. more? Of, and then we haven't even factored in DeAndre Williams is obviously uh, not yet doesn't yet know if he's going to be part of this team or not. Yeah, that's that's kind of where we stand. I think I, I, I think I know what your question is going to be. Is are there going to be uh, of the of the group that's not here? Are there going to be any who who? Get yeah, of that six our, our, on the trip. Yeah, of that six, does, who are, who's I guess who's not going to be on the trip? And like, what's the what's what do you see as moving forward? Are we good? You know what I mean, so to speak, or is there still some hurdles yet to yet to overcome for this? Off season, if you will. Oh, there are hurdles uh, with with a number of these um, with a number of these guys. I mean, there are definitely hurdles. I think the staff uh, still feels very confident that they will clear all these hurdles with with most most of them. I think there's you know maybe maybe one of them that they're not so confident. Uh, or, or you know, maybe they're fifty-fifty on it, um, something like that. Um, but I think most of them, they are confident, will eventually uh, get to Memphis and, and join the team. Uh, whether that com- whether that happens between now and August first, when they leave for the Dominican Republic, I doubt it. Um, I would guess someone like that- like don't you think like Quinterly? Quinterly's graduated. It doesn't sound like he has any like classes to take. It seems like he'll be here, for instance, right? I would think. Right, I think. I think they feel good about him. I I spoke to Jalen Young recently, who told me that he expects to be in Memphis no later than this Saturday. Okay. So uh, that's the latest on him. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.